0: Chapter 42 Welcome to Plankton Land Wounds stretched from her scalp to her cheek. Part of her left eyebrow was gone. What kind of stupid animal would eat someone's eyebrow? Nyx shouted obscenities, rumbled single-word commands, and even clapped her hands as Belly had done. But the animals continued to eat her. Nix could barely process the situation, let alone fix it. She needed to reanimate her meat and scare them off, but the idea of going in to feel teeth biting flesh nearly made her fly off in the opposite direction. Besides that, if the beasts decided they weren't scared of their dinner, Nix's beating heart would expel her blood twice as fast. Had this been what Mr. Cherry had sensed? Was this the moment she abandoned her physical body for good? No. There were still too many things to do, not the least of which were identify Pillowhead and persuade Tiago to forgive her. Barbaric turds. They were clearly enjoying their meal. Maybe it would be enough to distract them long enough to get in and punch them in the face. That gave her an idea. One more thing to try before resurrecting herself mid-snack. Nyx contorted her soul, creating as much friction as she could. Warmth entered her. The air around her condensed into thickening fog. Wow. It was a lot more dramatic outside, in the humidity. Apparently her mother had named her after the wrong X-Men character. It was strange to see the crystalline frost forming on the leaves closest to her, while hot wind flowed into her like sunshine in winter. Steam rose from her body's wounds, the opossum's chewing slowed. Their breath came out in white puffs. Unfortunately, the enormous rats didn't seem all that impressed by the unusual weather and went back to their dinner with gusto. She was losing a lot of blood, and her little air conditioning trick was probably decreasing her chance of getting her body started again. But if she was able to hold a stick, she could poke the beasts in the eye or something. The largest opossum ripped off her ear. Nyx forgot her original plan and reached out with her burning fingers, She had intended to grab the fat creature by the scruff and throw it out of the treehouse, shock or no shock, but her hand passed right through its back. Nyx wasn't thrown backward or even jostled. What the flip? The friction trick was supposed to let her interact with the real world. Hadn't she done it with the scissors and her own heart? Maybe she hadn't worked up enough heat. She had felt something while passing through the animal. A slight pressure or electrical charge stronger than what she'd felt in the rain, but certainly not the level of electrocution that Jordan had given her. Nix's hand was still hot, so she passed it through the animal again, this time through its head. The opossum fell over. It wasn't dead. The thing picked itself back up, but then toppled over onto its other side. Nix had no idea what was going on, but at least it wasn't eating her face anymore. Her other hand was still warm, so she thrust it through the smaller opossum's head. This time, Nix's intention was more aggressive. She found the mild current in its brain and pulled it into her. The animal opened its mouth wide in a silent scream. With its maw still gaping, it shot up into the tree branches where it began to hiss. Nix dove into her body and restarted her heart. It took a moment to remember why she was in the treehouse next to a hairy baby hippo. But when she did, her anger returned. The large opossum spun in circles next to her. The one in the branches had stopped hissing but did not look happy. What had she done to them? Had she somehow interfered with their brain activity? She was kind of disappointed it hadn't killed them. But ugly rats. On the bright side, the blinding, all-consuming pain upon re-entry made the holes in her head feel like cat scratches. As soon as she was able to move, Nix pressed both hands to her wounds as best she could. After about twenty minutes, the bleeding slowed to a trickle, and she felt mobile enough to climb down the tree. She'd heard the hum of return a few minutes prior, so she knocked at the back door. Mrs. Padilla answered and screamed. Tiago appeared. Nix, what happened? She hadn't planned to lie, but she'd been doing it so much lately, it more or less slipped out. I caught up to Pillowhead, but he had a knife. The ambulance ride was awesome. Nix got to lay back and be pampered while having the paramedics tell her how brave she was to confront an armed burglar. An added perk was not being able to see outside. Nix could pretend she was enduring a mild earthquake. You sure you don't want someone to go back and find your ear? the EMT said. They may be able to reattach it. Nix recognized the bald man from Jordan's sleepover. Nice to see you again, she said. I'm not worried about my ear. It had been pretty chewed up by the time the opossum got it off. Nix wasn't sure why she was feeling so blase about losing an ear. Maybe she was in shock. On second thought, it was probably the happy juice being fed directly into her bloodstream. Besides the missing ear, Nix's injuries weren't as bad as they looked. Apparently, opossums eat slower than the average omnivore. Unfortunately, they are also very sloppy chewers. Much of the area around her ear had to be tidied up. After the initial cleaning and removal of dead tissue, the hospital notified the Cherries, who stopped by briefly, to verify their foster child was still breathing. They also gave their permission for the doctors to perform a skin graft procedure to prevent dramatic scarring. At midnight, Nix's friends surprised her in the recovery ward. Jordan entered with balloons that said, It's a girl, and why not, respectively. You know, Jordan said, You didn't have to injure yourself just to see Brian again. Sarah handed Nix a stuffed bear with Get Well Soon on its stomach. When Nix asked about Jordan's choice of Mylar messages, he said, A balloon is a balloon, plus they were on clearance. Tiago wrinkled his nose. Why would you ever need a why-not balloon? And if you say why not, I'll pop the balloon with your face. Jordan slowly closed his mouth, then tied the balloons to Nix's bed railing. So, let's hear it. What? I don't know, maybe an explanation as to why you have road rash face and 50% less ears than yesterday? Sarah gave Jordan a seriously look. Nix had planned to tell Jordan the truth, but with Tiago in the room, she couldn't bring herself to admit she'd lied again, even if it had been the PTSD talking. I heard something above me and saw Pillowhead staring down at me from Tiago's treehouse. Her friend's expression ranged from confused to skeptical. She was really going to have to sell this. I came up the ladder. I tried to tackle him. He took out a knife. She indicated her bandages. Jordan narrowed his eyes at her. Tiago said it looked like the guy took a cheese grater to your face. Tiago punched Jordan hard in the shoulder. It's okay, Nick said. It was all kind of a blur, actually. I assumed it was a knife. Maybe it was a cheese grater. everin stared at her. So, Nick said, what's the deal with Pillowhead? Did he steal anything this time? Ask about glowing rocks. I bet that's what he's looking for. And why the crap wasn't your dad home? Jordan clapped a hand over his mouth. Maybe her dad is Pillowhead. Nobody laughed. We don't have any glowing rocks at my house, Sarah said. And whoever it was, they had a key. Probably the same key that went missing from my bag when my planner disappeared. Didn't it go missing at school? Nix asked. Sarah nodded. During the locker checks, my backpack was on the ground for like an hour. Tiago nodded. That knows the field. Jordan tapped his braces. But why would anyone from school be so brazen in their trespassing? Other than to maim one of the school's top students, of course. Nix guffawed, then wished she hadn't. Her guffaw wasn't very princess-like. Sarah patted Nix's bed railing as if it had been her hand. Nix, I really appreciate you risking your life to avenge my dog. Yeah, that's exactly why she'd done it. Don't mess with my friends. Nix felt mildly sick and didn't know if it was the over the top sentimentalism or the fact that she now found it impossible to tell the truth. When had she become a pathological liar? Then Tiago laid a bouquet of flowers on her bed, and Nix remembered. She'd traded her honor for a chance to endear herself to her crush. She had nearly thought about almost opening her mouth to maybe tell them the truth when Brian entered. Hey friends. His eyes gave away his true meaning. Hey Sarah. Gross. He was like six years older than her. Jordan stepped between Sarah and Brian. Hey friend. Brian's smile slackened. His black eye was nearly gone. Now it looked like he'd applied eyeshadow. I need to see my patient. I just wanted to thank you for all your valuable info about Fawn and her mom, your stepmom. Tess, was it? No problem. Brian pushed past Jordan and grabbed the clipboard at the end of Nix's bed. On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being no pain and- The weird thing, Jordan said, is that yesterday I learned Fawn lives in a foster home and has for some time. Brian rolled his eyes. Yeah, well, I was trying to protect her privacy. Kind of an elaborate lie, Jordan said couldn't you just refuse to talk about her? And why say she was your stepsister? Brian huffed. I need you children to clear out so I can- Why lie about all that stuff? Jordan asked. You even lied to Ms. Winkle. Are you like a sociopath or something? Nick sat up in bed. You wrote that note to Fawn. You totally set her up. Brian laughed, mumbled something about stupid kids, and left. What note? Sarah and Jordan asked together. Tiago pulled the paper out of his pocket. Just so you all know, I didn't write this. His casual glance in Nix's direction ripped her heart into several unattractive pieces. Nix spent most of Sunday in the hospital. When she returned home via child welfare services, the Cherries were cordial, but didn't seem interested in the details of her injuries. Fawn stayed out of the way mostly, although Nix did hear some whistling, do your ears hang low. Mr. Cherry said he'd give Nix a second reading but claimed he was spiritually exhausted and would require a short rest before delving back into the paranormal. He didn't specify how long it would take. Maybe when he was ready, Nix would instead have Sarah or Jordan come over to get read. Clearly, Mr. Cherry had some kind of gift. Nix shot up in bed. It was 2 a.m. At first, she thought the pain of her face had woken her, but after a moment, she realized it was something else, a sense of unrestrained evil suffocating her. Had she accidentally left her body again? No, she didn't feel cold or weak, just sweaty and drowning in fear. A shadow blocked the light under her bedroom door. A moment later, it was gone. The feeling of panic slowly faded until Nix relaxed enough to fall back under. In the morning, Nix dismissed the episode as a weird dream. It took roughly two class periods for the entire school to learn of Nix's heroic battle with a knife-wielding psychopath. Also, that her left ear had been completely severed in the struggle. Nix arrived just after lunch looking like an overweight Q-tip. Yet, instead of the looks of disgust she was used to, she saw curiosity and maybe approval. A few girls from Fawn's entourage went as far as to give her backhanded compliments, such as, maybe you're not so useless after all, and the one-eared freaks got guts. Besides Fawn and maybe Loaf, the only other person who didn't seem enamored with the tale was Tiago. The one person she'd been trying to impress with the lie didn't seem to care. She had really messed everything up with that journal thing. Had he told the rest of his family? Had they lost all respect for her? The only consolation was that she finally knew who the note's real author was, though not what was going through Brian's pretty head. Mr. Slowey added insult to maiming when he announced a 20% of your grade math test for the following day. Nix was trudging out of class when Finkbone pulled her aside. Thankfully, she didn't ask how the math tutoring was going, rather whether Nix was still good to play the plankton queen despite her recent disfigurement. Nix nodded. It's really not as bad as it looks. There was no way Mrs. Finkbone was going to send her home. It was clearer than ever that Pillowhead still wanted something from Sarah. The girl would need all the protection she could get, even if it meant sending Tiago to her house when Mr. Hainsworth wasn't around. Rehearsal left Nick's feeling even more depressed. It turned out the Queen of Plankton Land was the equivalent of the Head Munchkin and had a total of two lines. Welcome to Plankton Land and we thank you very gently for doing it so wetly. Of course, both her lines were directed at Fawn, who looked incredible in her Dorothy costume, a light blue wetsuit. The tiny brunette grimaced every time Nix spoke, as if having the fat girl address her would somehow erode her social status. Or maybe she was worried Nix would out her as an orphan. The line ends with Wentley. Nix. Wentley is not a word, Mrs. Finkbone. That's what makes it funny. More than one person in the room seemed confused by this. The sea urchin turned out to be the semi-equivalent of the scarecrow, and Jordan spent 75% of the practice running lines with Fawn and a stocky senior who was playing the cowardly lionfish. Fortunately, the piranhas were the witch's flying monkeys, and Tiago had even fewer lines than she did. Less fortunately, it soon became obvious he'd be spending most of his downtime with the other piranhas and stage crew, not the least of whom was Sarah Hainsworth, Nix noticed that whenever Sarah and Tiago were talking, Fawn seemed to have more trouble with her lines. Once Fawn even asked Tiago to come help her with her scuba gear, but he was showing Sarah something on his phone and didn't seem to hear. After that, Fawn became very quiet and snippy. Jordan got his feelings hurt several times by failed flirting attempts, but that didn't stop him from going back for more. By the end of the practice, Nix felt nauseous She was tempted to bow out and pass her minuscule role to someone in the chorus. Yesterday, she probably would have done it too. But since Pillowhead had resumed his harassment of Sarah, Nyx couldn't abandon her, even if the girl claimed she didn't need a bodyguard.